Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals. All thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Time on with Sam Hargraves on SEN. Oh, there's plenty making news today. And time on, of course, is your say on the news of the day. We'll hear from Adam Simpson, Justin Leppich, Sam Edmund had big news. We'll get you up to speed on that. And a few injury concerns as well for a couple of clubs as the season's injury toll continues to mount. And the bowlers have released a statement. Uh, yes, indeed. Welcome to Time On, one 736 736 on a Tuesday evening. Uh, give us a call, your say on the news of the day. If you've been listening to SEN uh, throughout the course uh, of your workday and you've been thinking, I cannot wait to jump in the car and just give them a piece of my mind, one 736 736 of course, is the number. You can text at any time, 0433-981116 on the temper text. Temper, a mattress like no other. That's T-E-M-P-U-R. Uh, and, of course, at Time On SEN or at Sport Capital SEN, you can find us on Twitter. Um, the Australian Bowling Cartel have released a statement in light of recent commentary from media and past players about their role uh, in the ball tampering scandal. Um, it's where we're several years on now from South Africa. Sandpaper Gate uh, still looms large uh, and still casts a shadow over cricket uh, in this country. Uh, it came off the back of uh, Cam Bancroft in an interview recently um, where he was asked about whether the bowlers knew and he didn't really provide a, a definitive uh, answer one way or the other. He said it was pretty self-explanatory. Uh, and since then, Michael Clark has uh, been pretty strong in his comments, saying that he believes that the bowlers would have had to have known uh, on Sky Sports Radio. Uh, this is what Michael Clark had to say in case you uh, didn't hear it. I can tell you now, if you went and grabbed a pen, just a pen, and put a little one somewhere on my cricket bat, on top of the handle, on the edge of the bat, on the toe of the bat, on the face, under the grip, anywhere, just a little number one, I would have noticed. When you're playing sport at the highest level, you know your tools that good, it's not funny. So can you imagine that ball getting chucked back to the bowler and the bowler not knowing about it? Please. So that was uh, Michael Clark uh, on Sky Sports News. Damien Fleming spoke to Gary and Tim this morning uh, and gave his view. Bottom line is, if you're trying to get the ball to reverse swing, if one player's not involved, you're cooked. Because if they put moisture on, on the rough side, it is not going to reverse swing. So everyone, it's a discipline and it's an art. Mm. If you're doing it legally or illegally.
But Cam, I think he's going to have to talk to Cricket Australia. They're going to have to make a statement to to just uh, reconfirm what they initially found, that there was only three guilty members. And yes, the team were trying to get the ball to reverse, but that only three knew that they were going to go to the nth degree and use sandpaper. Uh, so it still rolls on, uh, this saga, many years later. And uh, if you were listening to Jared Waitley today, uh, of course, he chats with uh, journalist... Uh, oh, just had a mental blank. <laughs> I'll come back to that. But the line um, is fantastic, that this is the, uh, the dog you-know-what on the bottom of the shoe. So the bowlers have released a, a statement today, uh, and it's to the Australian public, and it says... We pride ourselves on our honesty. So it's been disappointing to see that our integrity has been questioned by some journalists and past players in recent days in regards to Cape Town test of 2018. We have already answered questions many times on this issue, but we feel compelled to put the key facts on record again. We did not know a foreign substance was taken onto the field to alter the condition of the ball until we saw the images on the big screen at Newlands. And to those who, despite the absence of evidence, insist that we must have known about the use of a foreign substance simply because we are bowlers, we say this. The umpires during that test match, Nigel Long and Richard Illingworth, both very respected and experienced umpires, inspected the ball after the images surfaced on the TV coverage and did not change it because there was no sign of damage. None of this excuses what happened on the field that day at Newlands. It was wrong and it should never have happened. We've all learned valuable lessons and we'd like to think the public can see a change for the better in terms of the way... Uh, we play the way we behave and respect the game. Our commitment to improving as people and players will continue. We respectfully request an end to the rumour-mongering and innuendo. It has gone on too long and it is time to move on. Regards, Pat Cummins, Josh Hazelwood, Mitch Stark uh, and Nathan Lyons. So uh, Ben Oliver from Cricket Australia was asked if he had spoken to Cam Bancroft. It's uh, off the back of Cam, Bank- uh, Bank- Cam Bancroft's interview that uh, this story is resurfaced and, and front of mind again, and this is what he had to say. We've reached out to Cameron to extend that invitation to him or remind him about that opportunity if he does have any new information in addition to what his input was into the original investigation that there is an avenue for him to do that. Um, and so that, that contact has been made. And then likewise for, for others um, who... Um, if they do feel as though they have new information that uh, that, that avenue is available to them um, to make contact directly with Cricket Australia and, and to discuss that. That's been Oliver from Cricket Australia. So Cam Bancroft doesn't want to make any further comment about this. And uh, the bowlers have felt compelled to release a statement today in regards to it. So one 736 736 to have your say uh, on this and anything else that's making news today, 0433981116. Max King, according to reports, has signed a four-year extension to stay at St Kilda. I think his contract was up at the end of 2022, so an extra four years um, at the Saints for Max King. Uh, Kick 1-5 on the weekend. I don't think that's alarm bells, Um, even the very best. Two-time Brownlow medalist uh, Nat Five kicked zero six uh, earlier in the year, but uh, according to reports in the Age today and a few other places, uh, Max King has agreed to a huge four-year contract extension that will keep him at the club until at least the end of 2026. Uh, the the four-year extension is believed, according to Sam McClure's report in the Age, to be worth more than three million dollars. So the contract needs to be ticked off by the St Kilda board, and then once it is. Uh, It should be formally announced. So um, will they now turn their attention north to Brother Ben 
I suppose we'll just wait and see. Uh, Nathan's in Craigieburn who wants to speak about Max King. G'day, Nathan. G'day there. Good evening. How are you? Really well, thanks. I just want to get your opinion, just as you just said it now, um, regarding the maxing contract. If, if you sign, what's the percentage and what do you reckon of Ben King ending up at St Kilda with Max King signing a five-year contract in total? Um, I suppose it's very similar to the Harry and Ben Mackay situation. I mean... Only the families themselves will know just how much of a lure it is to play with their brother. I mean, from what we understand, they're pretty close, obviously, being twins. But um, Ben's going very nicely uh, up on the Gold Coast, and they believe that they're heading in the right direction. Uh, St Kilda believe that they're heading in the right direction. Uh, I, I would think that they'll go pretty hard to try and get him. But whether they do or not, I think it's a bit of a coin toss. Um, I don't know if, if Ben's decision will be made based on what, what Max has done. Uh, ben will want to get paid pretty well as well. So, you know, he, he might look at it and go, well, is there anything left for me or how does that all work? And their managers will go through all that. So I, I don't know if it improves their chance of getting him or not because I just don't know how close they are and whether that's something that – I mean, they, these these two guys have played together as kids their whole life, I would have thought, Nathan. So – They've done that before. Whether it's still a dream of theirs to play at the highest level together, we'll, we'll, I guess we'll just have to, to wait and see. All right, thank you. That's all right, mate. I, 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 I know you've asked my opinion. I appreciate it. I, I can't really – I mean, I don't know them to, to be able to answer it definitively. I mean, your first assumption would be, well, I'm sure it'd, 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 they'd want to play together, but we don't know that. Um, it's obviously now it won't be Max going up to Gold Coast to join Ben. So the only way for them to do that is for Ben to go to St Kilda and, and, and play with him. So that's where all the speculation will, will start to sort of grow now and manifest itself. But whether or not that's a desire of Ben's, I suppose we'll just have to ask Ben and we'll have to wait and find out. Uh, Martin's in Glebe wants to speak about the fast bowler statement that was released today uh, in regards to Sandpaper Gate and people believing that they must have known. Uh, statements have been made throughout the course of the week. Martin, hello to you. Martin, come in. Hello, Martin. All right, we've lost Martin there. We'll just rattle around there and see if we can get Martin back. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 Just continuing on some news of the day. Uh, Adam, Adam Simpson spoke to Gerard Waitley. The issue of soft cap is uh, very much top of mind for coaches at the moment. And Adam Simpson was asked about the impact uh, of the soft cap today. And he spoke about it in relation to the Willie Rioli situation. Willie's a great example for us. We're working through Willie's situation. It's a really difficult process to, to get a good resolution. But part of the conversation is we're, we're 40% cut back on resourcing. So how are we going to continue to grow Willie and educate him and keep him on the straight and narrow with less people um, to support this? Yep. And then it ripples to the draft. Like, what do you think we're going to do in the draft in the future? Like, we want to take risk-takers. They're our best players. <laughs> but it they, they comes with a lot of management and not coaching, it's administration, it's, it's welfare, uh, it's health and wellbeing. At the moment, we're in the trenches and we're, we're seeing significant change in um, health and wellbeing. So that was Adam Simpson. Uh, he was also uh, asked in regards to the cuts uh, about uh, the rest of that impact and asked if the caution about the cuts was ignored. Look, for me, it was a little bit of understanding that the 
we didn't know what was going on with COVID and we totally understood that we needed to readjust and do our bit to keep the game alive. Um, we just presented the tipping point where you, you know, if you do that, this will just affect a few things. And that's what we presented. And I don't know what input or influence they had on the decision making on the final number, but now it's time to look at it again. Yep. I think, you know, um, so how we do that, and like I said, it's not about money. It's about um, it's about the people and the product. That's they're the two things we want to sustain. And at the moment, it's it's getting hard. And where it will hurt, will hurt in the draft. Yep. Who you draft? Uh, he also spoke about uh, how the uh, soft cap committee findings uh, were a worry. Yeah, look, we we put a committee together in March last year and presented. Now, there's about six or seven clubs, spoke to all the coaches, went through each division at a football club, CEOs, footy managers and senior coaches. And we saw this on, you know, we're going through the COVID crisis and we totally understood there needed to be some cutbacks. And we just presented to the AFL, there will be a tipping point where the people on the product will be affected if we go, if you cut it too much. So we did a lot of work. It was three or four weeks of um, study on the situation, got some case studies on players did some financial modelling, and we presented to the AFL. They come up with what they come up with, and right now we are living the the um, document that was presented. We're exactly where we thought we'd be. We've tipped. And uh, unfortunately, yeah, we're, we're exposing our people, and it's um, yeah, it's hurting. So that was Adam Simpson speaking to Jared today. Uh, Justin Lepich was uh, a must-listen-to chat as well this morning with Jared, he's become must listen ever since he joined SEN. Absolutely, the media recruit of the year. But a story broken by Sam Edmund yesterday, which uh, detailed uh, that Justin Lepich had been offered not one but two different jobs by two different people at the Carlton Football Club. That uh, Chris Judd initially had sent him out about being the director of football, uh, and then he had been approached by Brad Lloyd to be a senior assistant. Uh, under David Teague, Sam Edmund also revealed, uh, Sam McClure, sorry, also revealed that he'd been sounded out by Collingwood uh, as well, had Justin Lepich. So he was asked about that this morning with Jared. This is always going to happen, isn't it, in the media when you step outside a little bit and um, you keep your future open. Um, it's open to speculation. But as we mentioned on Crunch Time, I'm going to have many conversations about not even just football, but other aspects of my life, business and so forth, um, where my long-term future lies. So that's not going to change from from probably now till the end of the year. But one thing that will remain is the confidences. And if I have a conversation in confidence, it's got to stay that way, So that which makes it difficult because at times you want to say, that's actually very incorrect or that's right. But... You, I have to sort of keep it that way for fairness for everybody. Has Carlton spoken to you about two different roles? Now, look, again, I'm not going to talk about that. One one thing, because, as, again, as, there's some parts you just want to say is true, untrue and all that sort of... But I just can't start doing that. That's Because what ends up happening, I know you're very good, Jared. You start whittling the clubs down bit by bit by bit and eventually you come up with the answer. But um, one thing I'm uh, very conscious of too is... Um, the people within the, currently in the industry as well. I mean, there's a lot of security and insecurity attached to these sorts of things, and it's not fair because a conversation is just a conversation, and it doesn't always mean at round nine that it's going to end up into anything. So, um, and again, one thing not to forget, I, I, my decision to go back to the game isn't 100% yet. If you ask me if I had to turn up for work tomorrow, what would my answer be? It'd probably be no. Yep. So... 
Um, it, that's as simple as it is, regardless of what's happening outside of that. So people got to remember that, you know, I left the game for a reason and it's also I'll come back for a reason as well. So that was Justin Leppitt speaking to... That was Justin Leppitt speaking to Jerry Whateley a little earlier today. We'll play a little bit more of that. Gary and Tim spoke about the approach from Collingwood and what that might mean. And in regards to Carlton possibly being at odds with himself, we've heard a lot of people say left hand, right hand, and are they uh, aware of what each other are doing? Carlton fans, I'd like to get your thoughts on it. 0433981116 off the text. Sam, the prospect of having Leppitt at the Blues gets me excited. A brilliant mind who could really help us establish a winning brand, Aaron, Aaron in Stuart Hill. Thank you, Aaron. Uh, Sam, Martin, Mark, Ryan, stay right there. I'll come to your calls on the other side of this. Your say on the news of the day. Taryn Thomas at the tribunal tonight. Uh, the jury has said they're not satisfied that the player bumped his opponent as alleged. The jury says Taryn Thomas should be found not guilty. The jury says it's a collision between two players contesting the ball. Thomas is not guilty of rough conduct. So that one match ban will not stand and he will be free to play this weekend. And and I think actually that's the right result. If you watch that and you watch it enough, that is not a player electing to bump, which we're trying to, uh, well, not eradicate from the game, but certainly if you elect to bump, then you bear the consequences. But that wasn't a player electing to bump. That was a player making a play at the ball. So Taron Thomas uh, will be free to play this weekend, has had that one-match ban overturned tonight at the Tribunal. one 736 to have your say on that. Caroline Wilson also floated that Leppich had been approached by the Collingwood Footy Club. He's a man in demand. To be a senior assistant next year. Now, I assume... I assume she means to Nathan Buckley. Yeah, I'm assuming that that is the case too. My, you can't appoint your assistant coach if you don't know who the senior coach is going to be, can you? No, well, that would be the first question that that assistant oh, might ask. So are we to assume that they've decided on the basis that they're approaching Justin as an assistant coach, that they've made their mind up on Nathan? Now, I don't, know, now, I don't think anyone knows the answer to that. Interesting conversation, that, isn't it? Gary and Tim this morning about the reports that Justin Lepich has been approached uh, by Carlton for two different jobs by two different people, but also at, from Collingwood to be a senior assistant coach. And when you hear that the first time, you think, well, yeah, it must be for Nathan Buckley, but then it, does it have to be? Does it have to be under Nathan Buckley? I mean, I've spoken to bosses that I've had before that they say, yeah, we've always got a plan A, but we certainly look at plans B, C and D, and that's what good organisations do. Um, it could be, hey, would you be interested in any in any way, shape or form? It might be under this guy, it might be under that guy. I'm not totally convinced that it means that they've decided on Nathan Buckley. And I know that Gary and Tim weren't saying that. They were just asking the question. But it's an interesting question, isn't it? Because does it have to mean that they've made their mind up? Or maybe they have and maybe that it's not Nathan. It doesn't necessarily mean that it is Bucks. They might have already made a choice and uh, those conversations are obviously confidential and people sound people out all the time about their interest in certain roles. I wonder, does it necessarily mean that it's Buckley or could it be someone else? I mean, just to throw a name up, I've been watching Ross Lyon sitting next to Eddie Maguire every Wednesday night on Footy Classified. And I've got to tell you, haven't heard Ross disagree with Eddie once. When I know Eddie's not the president anymore, but he's very influential there. Ross has already written a a, a bit of a, a dot point analysis about what he would require to be a senior coach again. I, I, I don't know if it does necessarily mean that they've decided on Nathan Buckley. They may have decided, but it might not necessarily mean that he is going to be the senior coach. Only Leper will know what was said uh, in that chat. But I, it's a great question they ask. Does it mean that they've decided on him or are they going in a different direction and they're, and they're looking to lock the pieces into that direction right now? 
it's going to be fascinating to see how that plays out for the rest of the year. If if I had to, I think it's a coin toss at the moment. If I had to make a call each way, I'd just get the feeling that a new era of Collingwood will be marketed very heavily. This is not an anti-Bucks chat, by the way. I'm not saying whether he should or he shouldn't. It's whether he will or he won't. And I'll just get the feeling that there'll be a very big marketing campaign towards the end of the year, the new dawn of a new era, a new age, all that kind of stuff at Collingwood. Uh, it's got that feel about it to me. I could be very wrong. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Martin, we found you back in Glebe. Hello. G'day, Martin. Yes, Martin, I got you loud and clear. You're on air. Thank you. I've got a couple of points. Thanks, um, Sam, for taking my call. Um, first of all, uh, I, I believe the bowlers. Um, I think the root cause, we've got to get to the root cause. And um, uh, Mr Smith already had one um, chance of being Australian captain. I I don't think he should get another go because it's a privilege, uh, not a right to be an Australian captain. Um, and uh, I, I believe the bowlers. I, I think they didn't know. And um, uh, otherwise, you know, we would need to put this all to bed. Um, secondly, uh, go the D's, the mighty D's. Um, <laughs> and I think, uh, you know, like people around the world haven't got a stadium to go to. And, and um, you know, Richmond have been... Um, Richmond and Colin would have been um, uh, spoiled by the umpires for many years. And um, I think the best way out of all this, we built a 200,000-seat stadium and uh, every grand final give 5,000 tickets to every club so all the members can go. Um, and uh, that'll that'll keep everyone happy because if we had 200,000... 200? 000, Whoa! That's, yeah. So double what we've got now at the G. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Geez, that's a lot um, of people all in one place, if you were to fill it. That'll, that'll keep everyone happy. Martin, thank you for the call. I, I really appreciate it. Yeah, the D's, 9-0. This is the sixth time that they've been 9-0. The five other times they've won premierships, including their last. So is that an omen? We will wait and see, but it's a great ride to be on if you're a Melbourne fan uh, at the moment. one three hundred seven three six seven three six for that, zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Yeah, the, the stadium thing, we spoke long and hard about it last night and Sam Edmund reporting today, the AFL are, you know, they're conscious of the fact that they feel like there's a, a fair bit of whinging uh, going on uh, at the moment. This is what he had to say, Sam Edmund, today. Separate to that, there is a feeling at AFL House at the moment, there's a lot of whinging taking place at the moment. Most recently, it's come from Richmond about playing home games at Marvel Stadiums, and that, that whinging came before and after the match. Just from the, on the Tigers, Gary, this is us against them on steroids, isn't it, from Richmond? There wasn't a game at all last year. The Tigers broke COVID regulations twice last year. There were hub demands from some of their players before that. There's been complaints across the comp about umpiring and holding the ball, complaints about the soft cap. There's just a feeling at the moment from AFL HQ, for what it's worth, that there is a lot of whinging taking place at the moment. Uh, it's, it's an interesting story, isn't it? It's an interesting conversation, but... We do have short memories sometimes, don't we, with what we, we find a, something to complain about. We forget that last year what we had to endure, and I thought at the time that we'd never take footy for granted again. Uh, I really did think that at the time, but uh, that hope was it's been pretty much short-lived this year. Um, is, is In the context of what the game went through last year and to what we still go through in the world today, is playing one game at Marvel the worst thing in the world? Is it that bad a thing to have to do? You're not the only one that has to do it. You get a great run at home throughout the year being an MCG tenant. I would have loved to see Richmond take it the other way and, and said, righto, we're going to show you AFL. We're going to show you why this is a bad idea to schedule us there. We're going to get everybody there. We're going to have so many people there that, that we're going to, unfortunately, we're going to pack the joint out 
and just show you that this is not big enough to hold the Richmond Army, and the Richmond Army just has to be at the MCG. We'll show you. We will vote with our feet. And they did vote with their feet. They just voted the wrong way, I reckon. If you had gone there and made a real statement about the whole joint being at full capacity and, if, and, then, and then people not being able to get a ticket, that would have been the argument to make. That would have been the way to win public sentiment as well. But you've lost it all in the carry-on. And I said last night, it's as sooky la-la as it gets. Maybe you could have even done another thing. You could have said, and we'll pay, we'll pay for your pie and a drink because we know that at the moment you'd think that the pie had the greatest uh, and the most expensive Wagyu in it of all time given what they're charging for a pie and a drink at Marvel. That would have been an even a bigger PR um, masterstroke from the, from the Tigers. But I think they've misread the room in, in a big, big way on that one yesterday. one uh, uh, Mark in Sydney, quickly on Collingwood. Yeah, hi, Sam. How are you? Good, mate. Good. My question to yourself would be, it looks like that Nathan Buckley's going to get re-signed for the next two years at least, but in my opinion, they've got to do something drastic like sign Justin Lepich either as a coach or an assistant coach or get some really talented draft picks to change their downward slide because, yeah, they'll sign Bucks, but I reckon if they don't do something big, they're going to continue their downward slide over the next few years. What do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, if you're going to do something drastic then that is to change the coach. Um, the reports are to that the Sam Edmund was saying last night that he believes that Buckley will stay, but that the assistants under him will not and that they might clear the decks. Now, people that have been around that club at the time that it was at its best in most recent years in 2018 believe that it was at its best because Nathan Buckley sort of took his hands off every aspect of the game and let the assistants that ran their particular lines have some autonomy. Uh, it created a really comfortable working environment for all of those, and they got great results uh, uh, off the back of that. That hasn't been happening the last couple of years from all reports, so things are a little bit different in that space and maybe obviously with the loss of personnel that they've had. And you take those players, whether it be the, the people they got rid of or the people that retired, and it's going to change the look of your side uh, substantially, and that's what it's done. And with new kids coming through, so there's a whole lot of changes that have gone on there. Um, if you're going to do something drastic, well, that is changing the head coach. It's not really that drastic, I wouldn't believe, in, in changing your assistants, uh, especially if, as they are at the moment, they're not winning anyway. Um, those things tend to happen at the end of a, a footy season as it is. So I don't know if really that really answers your question, Mark, but I think Justin Leppich will be a man in demand. His analysis is is sensational. Uh, he's had great results as an assistant coach where he's been at Richmond as part of their success. So I think any club would be lucky to have Justin Lepich, but I don't know if that's the real drastic thing. And I still am not certain. I still think it's a coin toss about whether he's there or not. Now, people much more connected than me are saying that they think he'll stay, but there are still those who don't think he will be there either. So it is going to continue to be one of the stories of the year and the hot issues of the season. Thanks for the call, Mark. I really appreciate it. Sam in Berwick. Where have you gone, Sam? There you are. Hello, mate. G'day, Sammy. G'day, mate. How you going? Sorry about that. Um, Sammy, I was just going to say, why doesn't Khan go for Ben Mackay? Uh, why don't? What? Well, <laughs> I would think that they would say that he would. They've got Jacob Wiedering uh, and Liam Jones, and they're pretty happy with those two key defenders. Um, you can never have too many, I suppose, and I'm sure they'd find a way to to make it all work. Um, so I, I, I would assume that they would think that they're pretty well stocked in that area. But 
in saying that, they might think, well, given that some teams are going to roll three key forwards these days, maybe uh, we should roll three key defenders. So, um, look, I'm sure it's crossed their minds. But when it comes to that, I mean, he's he's going to get set for a decent payday, Ben Mackay. And, I, and at the moment, it would look like Carlton are having enough trouble with the players they've got to fit them into their salary cap, let alone other players that they might want to bring in. Now, in saying that, whether Mark Murphy, Levi Casbolt and a couple of others go on after this year, that might free up some space for them to have a crack at it. So it, it could be a great idea, Sam. It, it could be an inspired uh, decision. Uh, I'm sure the attraction of playing with his brother, although the way that they talk about each other, I think they actually enjoy more playing apart than they do together. If you heard uh, Ben with uh, Gary and Tim earlier in the week, he said that he will get the best key forward, and that's Levi. So he's, they, they've got a bit of form in that area. They don't mind having a crack at each other. I wonder whether they actually more enjoy playing uh, against each other than they do playing together. Um, but I think any club, I mean, and that's what all clubs do. Every club's always looking at how to improve its list. And the season that Ben is having at the moment, playing in a team that's conceding a lot of um, forward 50 entries, and he's the number one man down back with no Robbie Tarrant. I think he's increased his stocks dramatically this year, but he seems like a guy that's pretty invested and pretty, and and has bought into what's happening at, at North Melbourne. I'd much look, I'd be, I'd be sad for North Melbourne. If he, if he ended up leaving, I think they need all the the good players they can get. I'd love to see him forge his own path there. One three hundred seven three six seven three six off the text Richmond living rent free in everyone's head. Oh, I don't know if we're not rattled by it. We're just bemused by it. There's a difference. No one's really angsty at Richmond at the moment. We're just sort of laughing at them, saying you're carrying on like spoiled brats. Yeah, I don't think they're living in anyone's head rent-free. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. your say on the news of the day. Just repeating, Taron Thomas free to play this weekend. The one-week suspension uh, has been overturned at the tribunal this evening. This is Time On. Time On with Sam Hargraves on SEM. Welcome back to Time On. Your say on the news of the day, one three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. 736 Let's keep whipping through your calls. Nick's in Richmond. G'day, Nick. Hey there, mate. How are you? Really well, thanks. What have you got for me? Um, it's a bit of a different one. It's not really relevant, but it's something that sort of I keep thinking about when I'm watching footy, especially at the moment with insufficient intent, which, which we're seeing more and more each week. And, we're seeing those skill errors that are getting called and, you know, it's deliberate of the old. But um, I was wondering if, like, within the definition of the rule, it, it talks about insufficient intent after disposal. Because what, what I see every week is players still running the ball over the line with zero intent to try and keep the ball in play. And I'd just be curious to know whether, you know, whether that interpretation should go as far as players trying to keep the footy in play, whether they've disposed of it or whether they're taking possession. I think it's a bit of a farce that you can penalise a player who's quick kicked out of a pack and taken an odd bounce versus that player that has zero interest in keeping the footy in and just runs it over. What do you reckon? I actually think you make a great point, Nick. I, I'm not, and Daisy Pierce has brilliantly surmised this, that not only a 
players being pinged for insufficient intent. intent. They're being pinged now for insufficient skill. Um, and the Marcus Bontempelli one from a couple of weeks ago is a great example of that. And we've seen a couple more since. I'm with you. I, I Look, we've got an oval ball that will do anything in the air and will pitch and bounce in an extraordinary number of ways. Um, and that's why we revel in the skill and marvel at the skill of those who seem to be able to predict what that ball's going to do because it makes us mere mortals just go, wow, how did you do that? I, 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 I much prefer them be harsher on the people that just step the ball out of play under minimal pressure, as you said, than those who are trying to get the ball forward, get an unkind bounce, ball goes out of play. Yep, they might be hugging the boundary, but I think the AFL's got a clear mandate that they want them to be using the corridor. They'd much prefer to bring in a last possession out-of-bounds rule, but probably just don't have that in them at the moment to make that massive call that they have at the Sandful or lot they have in the AFLW. But I think you make a great point, Nick, that it looks worse to me when a player just steps the ball over than it does yeah. when they're actually just trying to get a ball forward to win a contest, to get it moving and to keep it, you know, it, to keep the ball going. And then they get yeah, pinged I mean, for that. I'm with you. Imagine if you saw, you know, if, if, if the contest really hugged the line and there was real intent to keep it in and a bit of a hot potato and keep the ball live and keep it active. I, I'm, I'm not interested at all in the idea of last man over free kick. I, 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 don't, I don't really want that. I think that's, that's sort of against the fabric of our game. I think the ball can go over. That's fine. But I, I just think, yeah, the, the focus needs to go on those players that had zero interest in keeping it in. Sometimes... They're, they're hitting the hitting the boundary with speed, and they're taking maybe four or five steps and just pitter pattering over. Yep. Yet no, I hear you, Nick. Yeah, you make a great point, mate, there. and thank you for it. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. I think the AFL showing an insufficient intent to just force people to use the corridor uh, with that one, uh, and I I don't like them being pinged for skill, and I, and I actually think it makes it harder on the umpire than it ever has before because. Not only are they asked, being asked to call it as they see it, but they're asking the umpires now, the part-time umpires, to read the minds of what the players are trying to do. And that is just nigh on impossible. There are some times when you can clearly see that someone's tried to put it deliberately to the boundary, but we're guessing now. We're actually asking our umpires to be mind readers. Uh, I don't know if you've got your tarot card licence. I don't know if you're a soothsayer, um, an astrologist of any kind. But you, you just try and read the minds of these players and, and, and we'll just see if we can make your lives even harder than they already are, given that you're not actually fully professional at the moment. We'll just try and make it a little bit more difficult for you. So I feel for them in that situation as well. Ryan's on the road. G'day, Ryan. Yeah, good day, Sam. I, um, I call in um, to talk about Ben King. But before I do that, I just want to pick on you, uh, the comment you made about Richmond just before the break, mm-hmm. calling them boiled brats. I think you've just gone a little bit over the top there. What did I, sorry, um, what did I call you know them? I just, I just lost you there, Ryan. What did I call them? Uh, uh, they're acting as spoiled brats. That's yes, abso- absolutely. No, they're not. Let me, let me explain <laughs> it to you. Okay, but, go for it. Well, well that was your opinion, man. Okay, let me, let, hear me out. Okay, uh, listen, I, I agree, okay, they should have just sucked it up and just played one game for the year at, um, at Marvel Stadium. That's not an issue. Then you get just call in and say they're losing hundreds of thousands of thousands of dollars because there's I mean there's not a game a fixture to play at MCG that night anyway. Okay? And Dima first game was clearly stating the fact that Richmond supporters don't go there. Even pre pandemic, Richmond supporters have never gone to the Marvel. I mean at best 
there was about 27, 28,000 people who used to rock up, even for the big games up there. Okay? Anyway, I'll leave it at that regarding that issue. But with Ben King, um, he's not going to join his brother. Um, from what I heard, his um, Tigers are into him, uh, both Jack Rewell. And unless he does what Adam Teller did, uh, because he was always going to go to Richmond, and he changed his mind towards uh, in the last minute and he went to Collingwood. Unless he does that, I reckon he's going to end up at Richmond in, in a year or two. Ryan, thank you for your call. Have I have, have I heard you out sufficiently? Oh, I guess that's a, a no. Uh, thank you for the call, Ryan. I, I appreciate it. And when I was laughing, I wasn't laughing at you. I was enjoying the fact that you were trying to call me out. And I think that's what this show needs to be. We, you know, like we sit at a pub and we'll banter things back and forth and we'll agree and we'll disagree. It's okay to disagree. Um, I, I do disagree with you about Richmond. I mean, the reason why they lost money on that game is because their fans didn't show up. And you and you agree, and you agreed with me that they should suck it up and play the game there. They didn't need the carry on from Brendan Gale and then from Damian Hardwick afterwards. They just didn't need it. The other clubs that are at the MCG, they they the, the the other tenants at the MCG, they play a home game there, and you don't hear them complaining about it. They understand the reasons why, and they just get on with it and do it. But it's a self-fulfilling prophecy when you say our fans don't turn up, the fans listen to you. By the way, it only got about 120,000 people watching it as well, which is a real shame because it's one of the, it was one of the games of the year. And I feel for Richmond fans who were maybe sucked into the narrative to say we don't go there, who didn't go there because of that, and they missed out. You really did miss out. And I feel for you on that because it was such a fantastic game of football and the Tiger Army that was there were phenomenal and deserve a, a massive pat on the back. But you're only getting, and by the way, hundreds of thousand dollars, you're only getting 55K to the grand final rematch as well. So I think capacity at, at Marvel would have been 46 that night. You could have easily have got that, those numbers there. But they didn't. And I wonder whether that's because the messaging of the club was, we don't go there. So I think that was the point that I was making. And it, it is a bit sooky la-la, isn't it? one three hundred seven three six seven three six 736 Collingwood, Hawthorne, they all have to do it. There's a few more things making news that we'll get to as well. Uh, Ross, Daniel, Paul, Brendan, stay right there. We'll get your calls on the other side of this. one 736 736 I can tell you, Jared, uh, as of this morning, the match day ticket is about to return to the AFL. So I can tell you that the box offices at the MCG and Marvel Stadium are set to reopen as early as next weekend, if not the following weekend in time for dream time at the G between Essendon and Richmond. As we know, the ban or I guess the the unavailability of buying a, a ticket to the footy on the day of the game at the window has irritated some fans who point to, you know, the COVID-enforced complexity surrounding ticketing as a reason for low attendances and such. But the league is pushing for the return of the match day ticket, removing, they think, another hurdle in the attendance process. We know members can sit in their own seats now. We're back to 85% capacity. So fans... We know they can, as members, can download the digital membership card from their club on their smartphone to gain entry without having to register for seats. That was another hurdle. And soon, general admission spectators will be able to, as they see fit, Jared, on the, Jared, on the day of the game, wander down to the ground, go to the box office, buy a ticket and get in the ground. Our Chief Sports reporter, Sam Edmund, just revealing that good news in the next couple of weeks. Hopefully sooner uh, you'll be able to rock up and, uh, and get a seat at the game without having to book. So one of the main hurdles that's been preventing people from going this year uh, will be removed, and hopefully that gets people back in bigger numbers to the footy at any venue, no matter where it's played. 
hopefully that will help you just to be able to rock up and see your team play. Um, Diehard Richmond supporters only exist when their team is winning. That's why they didn't show up last round. That's coming through off the text. As a Richmond member, I had to pay an extra $33 on top of my game to go to a home game for the club I support. I've already paid hundreds. Don't pay this extra fee going to the MCG. Yep, that's you're in that boat, and so too are many, many other footy fans that have to go and do that one game at Marvel Stadium. And a lot of them had to do that every game they've gone to at the G as well with booking fees and, and things like that. You're not injuring anything, Richmond fans, that, ever, that the other MCG tenants aren't. That's the point I want to make to you. And you're only hurting your own club by not rocking up. And that's why I think that the narrative could have been a bit better from Richmond to set the example, to say, look, it's, we don't, we, we'd rather not be here, but we understand why. So, hey, let's send a message. Let's get everybody there. Let's get so many people there that they'll just never schedule us here again because they know that our fans are actually going to miss out. Um, that would have been the way that I would have gone about it. Ross is in East Malvern. G'day, Ross. Yeah, g'day, Sam. Just a couple of things. First on Willie Rowley and then on Collingwood. Um, just on Willie Rowley, I think there's a couple of things. I think people missed out that maybe, like, initially, like, his his drug ban was because he replaced a urine sample with Gatorade and then he was found to have tested positive. I think that's kind of missed out. And I think the second thing with the really Rowley situation, I think it's really sad, is that if this is going to be used as an example as to why players, uh, Indigenous players, may not be drafted because there's soft cap cuts to Indigenous uh, liaison officers or welfare uh, staff at football clubs, then the AFL's really got to have a good hard look about either increasing the soft cap or basically excluding any Indigenous liaison officers, et cetera, uh, welfare uh, staff for Indigenous players, especially from the soft cap, because we want to see Indigenous footballers play this game. Like, I went to the footy on Sunday because I don't go for Carlton, I don't go for... Melbourne, but I was really interested to watch Melbourne play, but in particular Cozzy Pickett, because he gets near the ball and the bloke absolutely electrifies the entire crowd and he's got beautiful skills and he does something with it. So I think that's really important. Secondly, I'm a Collingwood fan, Sam, and uh, there's been a new board director appointed tonight uh, by the Collingwood Football Club. Now, essentially, the Collingwood Football Club now has no board directors that have been elected by social club members, of which I'm one. Um, but this board director has um, <laughs> actually been posted posted some photos on social media of them wearing Western Bulldogs playing attire, um, you know, merchandise and and other clubs' merchandise. Now I don't really know how I, f- I don't know how you think about that, but. I wouldn't want my director of another football at a football club to sort of be wearing another club's merchandise. That's just my opinion. Yeah, um, Ross, I'll, I'll have to but, check that out, my friend, and, and, and I appreciate the call and, and some good points made. I mean, the welfare issue with the soft cap is a really important one that I think you raise, and there's a, a lot to take into consideration for clubs now about where do you um, forego, and I think that development and and, and – welfare need to still be of the highest priority if uh, uh, all of our young draftees are, are going to find their way in the best way. So thank you for making those points. We'll check out what happened with the Collingwood board uh, in just a moment. We are running out of time. NBL shows up in uh, at 7 o'clock for half an hour, and then I'm back at 7.30. Just quickly, Daniel uh, wants to talk Carlton coaches. Daniel, hello. Sam, how are you going, mate? Good, thank you. 
hey, I think you've uh, conducted yourself exceptionally tonight with uh, the little sookering in from Richmond. But uh, <laughs> I did you. like the point you make that it's all about a bit of disagreement. And going back about three, four weeks, I think it was either post-Carlton Port or post-Carlton Brizzy, we had a bit of a chat and I, uh, I put the microscope on the assistant coaches at the Blues. And you took me through to an ad break and you pulled up some stats on Barker and said, you know, we're winning the clearances. Look, the whole leppage thing today, I think the interesting question I've got for you is if, if Carlton were seriously looking at bringing in new assistant coaches or refreshing it to support David Teague, which line or which part of the ground do you think is in most need of, I guess, the revitalisation? Yeah, assist- great question, Daniel. I'll answer it after 7.30 uh, when we come back. The NBL show is scheduled next. Sorry to those who didn't get on. I'll take your calls at 7.30. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.